we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We you told us. Okay, I don't know. Don't, don't ever so bring you guys around me like that. Let me tell you something, Heather. It's the only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast, part of the Buttered Pop Network. It's Eddie Estrada here with my co-host, Matthew McFarland. And we have a lot to talk about. It was the premiere of Jawsy this week. Oh, my God. You need to stop with the accents. I, maybe I just need a dialect coach, and then I'll get better If at you it. really want one, then yes, let's find you one. But like, Because I feel like I could be a really good Jawsy guy if I really work oh on the... The pizza and the pasta <laughs> no. and the bing bang boom. Okay, now we're offending uh I'm all not. Jersey. I'm not. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jerseyans, New Jerseyans. I'm, but it's like I'm trying to be a soprano. What are you doing? I'm Is that not I'm, Italian? No. I mean I, I appreciate the effort, but dear lord. I'm I'm like Fergie and what was that musical? Seven or whatever? Nine? <laughs> <laughs> Seven was the one about the murders with yeah, Brad Pitt. Yeah, she would be singing Be Italian to you and, and shaking her fucking head. Be Italian. I don't know how the song even oh, goes. Okay. Well, yes, we're all here. I'm thrilled that New Jersey is back. I've missed it so much. And I forgot how much I enjoyed these ladies in this city. Excellent, excellent first episode. Really happy that for them to be back. I love when there are so many Housewives cities on all at once. It was a hard week. Like, I have to say, it's kind of tough to, like, have to watch so many shows and, like, write them down. And not saying that we're, like, mad about our job. No, we're blessed. We're we're very blessed. We're blessed up in this house. But it it was very overwhelming, but, like, in a good way. I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so much to watch. And then I was like, I'm so happy that there's so much to watch. A hundred percent. I'm sure all of you would agree that, uh, you know, since the inauguration I feel like I hit a wall at least once a week where I'm like I am so tired and this this quarantine and and being you know in COVID land is really really just a lot on the mental emotional health so having these reprieves is really nice to be able to escape and to be able to have a laugh and to just ignore (laughs) what's happening in the world for an hour at least each day Although I have to say, I guess Dallas will probably be the first city we start with because I've been saying this for weeks. If this show doesn't pick up, we don't need to have this city. There are other cities in the United States that will bring the heat. At this point, like, let's go to Real Housewives of Memphis or something. I don't know. Or Nashville. Real Housewives of Nashville. We're houses of Tampa Bay. I mean, I don't really, I mean. Tampa Bay. Oh, wait, we already had Miami. I just, and we're getting Miami back. Alert, alert. <gasps> oh, yes. On, the Peacock, on Peacock, Andy Cohen is executive producing the revival of uh, Miami. And I never watched Miami, so I'm very excited to jump in at this point. And listeners who have been fans of Buttered Pop and Hot and Bravo since the beginning know how much I love Miami. Miami is probably one of my top franchises. Really? Truly, it's unreal how crazy these women are and how much passion and drama and hilarity they bring. Like, you don't even know about the I love gay and the limp penis. Like, Adriana is just 
hilarious. All right. Well, then I'm glad to see it on a new network. And we're going to binge Miami before we get started. And maybe we'll do like a Miami preview when I would it, do before that. it comes out. And we'll kind of refresh everyone on what's happened in the Miami verse of the housewives. And then you can have a full education. Okay, great. And then maybe, yeah, maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need a, a Miami revival because Dallas is not bringing it at all. There are other Midwestern cities that I think we could get into that would bring drama and laughter and and real life stories. It's so absolutely boring at this point to I only watch wrote Dallas. Like three things down the entire episode. I wrote a couple more things down because I'm... Well, because you're better at your job than I am. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with Deandra at this moment. She's my favorite one, which I would have never said. I used to be a Leanne stan, which we don't speak about now. That's no, 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 We don't no, talk no, about no, that. No, no, no. These are knives, not hands. I agree with you. Deandra, though, her delivery is not... It, it, there's, there's some work that needs to be done. I agree with her stance on a lot of the stuff that's going on with her and Carrie. Carrie is a bully. A hundred percent. She is a 1000% a bully down to her yelling at a girl crying her eyes out at the end of the episode. You know? I have a really big problem with that word, bullying. Cam, and Cam <laughs> is a great, if Cam is not a Gretchen Wieners, I, I don't know what is. But we cannot call a Carrie a Regina George because she does not have the tact oh, no, no, and no, no, grace no, 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 no. No, that we, Regina I, George has. I, I agree. I do think we can call Cam a Gretchen Wieners though. Yeah. She's a Gretchen Wieners meets a Karen. Like, from the show because she's as dumb as rocks, but she's also sucking on the nerp nerp of oh. carry every moment. Uh, I don't know why I said sucking on the nerp. I don't, I don't know either, but Hey, you know what you're feeling yourself. And uh, I had some coffee before this one. I'm getting wild tonight. Let's yo. go. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. But all I really wrote, everyone is full of chicken shit. I mean, I wrote everyone is full of shit, but then I added the chicken. Are you sure not chicken feet? I know chicken shit. You, the bingo chicken shit bingo. Hello. <laughs> Duh. I just think everyone is full of shit. I think that, you know, hurt people hurt people. And what we don't like about other people, we often don't like about ourselves. And I think that that's the bones that people have to pick with Tiffany. I think that Tiffany is doing unbeknownst to her herself. I don't think she means to be rude or disrespectful or bossy. I think that she was just nervous and was just trying to make a good impression with the ladies. And some of the things that the ladies are complaining about I want to go back and roll the tape and look at all of the awful, okay, stupid, Barlow, dumb things. Come down. Oh roll God. the tape. Roll oh the Oh, my footage. God. Yes. But I want to point out all of the awful, stupid, dumb shit they've all done intentionally to the other women throughout the series uh, of seasons past. And, you know, I just feel like they're attacking Tiffany because they're jealous and they're intimidated and they know that Tiffany has a lot of stock and it's only her first season. Uh, everyone else is on a sinking ship except for Tiffany, who's on a rising pedestal at this point. Yeah. You and have- Tiffany's not perfect. Don't get me wrong, but I agree with you. No. And that's the point is that they see a lot of what they used to be in her. And we have kind of these women throwing lifesavers out at each other. Like we have... Stephanie talking about how she likes to get pounded from behind. What? I did not need to oh, know that. Oh my God, that was I'm so sorry. aggressive. We have <laughs> Carrie going honestly batshit crazy every five minutes because she feels like she needs to have a fight or a drama to stay on the show in the first place. We have Cam doubling down on her dumbness and trying to find the best person to align herself with. And when we have Brandy, who's like, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to get in trouble anymore. So I'm just going to toe the line and do my thing. And at this point, it's making a boring show the because com- you're right. The combination there's nothing there. No, the combination of it all is making for a very static season. Yes. We're still in a DeAndre Carey fight over how many weeks now? 
Cam is still butting her nose into everyone's business and then getting mad at Tiffany for doing the same. Tiffany is still trying to prove herself to the ladies. Stephanie is still not doing anything. Brandy is still not doing anything. And we're on a trip now. We are on a trip, which is supposed to, you know, and we'll get to Atlanta, which is bringing us all of the things on their trip. We need to move on from Dallas. If by the end of the season, we're still talking about this crap, I, we need to move on. I move down to Austin agree. or to Houston or something. It's, it's giving me OC vibes where yes. it's gotten so kind of boring with this cast that they either need a full reboot or they need something because I do not need another failing. And honestly, it's kind of Beverly Hills at this point too. And I hope Beverly Hills has something that picks it up this season. I hope the new cast members, I hope some drama, I hope something comes because we've been saying this thing about Beverly Hills. OC's got already got the stake in its heart. It's going to be rebooted at this point because it's gotten so boring. And Dallas might need the same kind of rework at this, at this time in the Bravo verse, because if we keep having these boring shows, the housewife franchise is going to die, especially when you have Atlanta bringing it, you have Salt Lake city, at attend. You have Miami coming back. Potomac was phenomenal this last season. Jersey being amazing. Married to Medicine being incredible. New York is always consistently solid. Even even the, the seasons that are a little lackluster are still way better than what we're seeing, seeing now with Dallas. And the preview this week was this season on Dallas. So it gave us a preview of what's to come for multiple episodes. And there's nothing. There's a murder mystery party and that's it. Oh my gosh. What is with these housewives and doing these stupid ass murder mystery parties? I mean, even though this one looks more legit than the one that Kenya set up for the Atlanta girls, but that's all that we're getting. We, there's no smoking gun or, you know, secret to be revealed. It looks like from the trailer, they got, I don't think they have anything. I, I think, think the editors are trying to make the best of what they got. But I think the only thing they really have is this fight between Deandre and Carrie, which is why it's being dragged out. And then this attack against Tiffany and it's, I'm over it. I'm done with it. Let's yeah. move on. DeAndre, yes, probably should have gone to Carrie after her speech and said, hey, listen, I'm your speech. I understand you. I'm sure you meant well and you're trying to, you know, be kind to Tiffany. I just wish that you would extend it to me as well because I'm still feeling raw about this, that and the other thing. But I also understand DeAndre being fucking pissed and tired of the bullshit and tired of the fake nonsense. And so am I. I hopefully next week we get more, but I'm ready to move on. Standouts, though, I have to say, I did love Deandra talking about how she's banged every single rock band known to man. And, and she was like, I don't even remember some of them because I was too Well, and then listing them all off and no one knowing who they were. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know who anyone was. I only know The Who, but yeah. I, I, I don't know rock bands. The Cult, couldn't tell you. And I can't tell you the, other, the names of the other ones. You know, they were probably popular in her time. Sure. I use the boomers that are watching the show. We're like, oh. don't say that because she's not a boomer and that's going to offend a lot of people listening, Matthew. No, but those bands are totally baby boomer rock bands. They are. Oh, fine. Don't we? Okay. <laughs> I'm, can I'm canceling you, Matthew. Oh, geez. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't know them either. So, well, there you go. But yeah, I'm done. I'm done with Dallas at this point. I, there was no real drama except for Carrie and Cam eavesdropping, which I thought was stupid. And Caddy and high school. And it's just like, if they what are allowed to talk I, shit and Deandra being like, I'm going to leave then if you don't want me to be here. And Carrie is like, okay, then leave. It's just, we've seen it before. This is season one shit. It's, it's boring. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Should we just move on? Cause yeah. I don't even want to talk about Dallas. No, anymore. let's do summer house. Okay. I have things I want to say about summer house. It's, this it's, it's great season so far. Y'all, when you listen to this, it comes out on Friday. 
and I know Summer House comes out on Thursday, so you'll always hear like the week before. But guys, this episode, Hannah, Hannah Burner. God bless her. I, I don't like her, but I do feel very bad for her. I my heart my heart breaks for this girl because we've all been this girl. We all understand the situation. I've I've probably had a conversation or two in the same kind of CR and her situation, mm-hmm. the same confronting of Luke situation. Mm-hmm. We've, we've all done this, but it's just so hard to see it on TV because I'm cringing at a hundred percent capacity watching this because I, I, I see so much of myself in her and it makes me so sad and breaks my heart. And I hope I wish that they could go out and go on the town and go out to Hampson's to the bar so that she could find someone else's slang slang her slong Instead of waiting for Luke to do it when he really only wants to hit up Ciara. Yeah, I I know what it's like to be in that gray area with a person and you kind of stay in that gray area because you want to hold on to the hope that something might happen. But deep down, you know that you've had conversations with them and you've had moments where they've really tried to hint to you that you guys are just friends and nothing more is going to come from it. And I agree. Luke should never have been hooking up with her in the first place. Probably shouldn't yeah. have said all that he did to juice her up. And I understand why she feels let on. And I see why Luke probably did in, in some ways lead her on. Also though, I could see Luke having conversations with her and dropping hands and telling her, like, I think with all of my issues and all my baggage, all my intimacy problems, I just don't think that we're a pair. And Almost an entire year has gone by where you guys have not been in the same place. You've been talking over FaceTime, sure, but so do a lot of friends. Yeah. He's hooked up with other people and seen other people. I, 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 I see both sides of it, and I just feel bad for Hannah. I feel bad for Luke, too, being cornered in this episode. I feel bad for Sierra. I feel bad for Sierra because she didn't ask to be a part of this. She just decided to come on a cool summer quarantine vacation on a TV show with a guy that she has a history with. A real history with she met. Mm-hmm. She went to Minnesota, Montana, Arkansas, wherever she was, <laughs> and <laughs> met his family. They've slept together. They have a real connection. That is the biggest thing. They've slept together, and Hannah and him have she, not consummated their relationship. Well, they did like a halfway consummation. No, but I, you know, I that's that is a big difference. I think and it is. Sierra. I, I, I totally, I also felt for her when she was like, I don't know if this girl is telling me the truth or not. Cause we're not friends. I don't know her. If this was my girlfriend, I probably would believe her, but I don't know if Hannah is just trying to, she put just a said, wedge. I don't know if Hannah's just butt hurt over this situation, which was simple as fact. It is. That's all she is. Is she just wants to capitalize on the conversation and make sure that she's in control. So she feels like she can manipulate and maneuver Luke away from Ciara and maybe like turn Ciara off from Luke. So then she'll have a better chance, but it's like, that's never going to happen girl. No. And Luke, Definitely is using the loophole of, listen, we're not committed. We're not boyfriend, girlfriend. I've been clear about that. And because I've been clear about that, I can date whomever I want. And I don't have to tell you about it because that's just not how I share things. And I understand that. But with someone like Hannah, I think Luke knew better than to just let things kind of fester. I think he should have been clearer with her. I mean, we're about tonight when the episode, the new episode airs, we're going to see that blow up in both of their faces. I'm very excited. And just one more thing. You know the difference between a romantic partner and a friend by a text message when one's called one's being called burn dog and the other I one's know. being called gorgeous. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh I'm sorry. If God. anyone called me Ed Dog, I'd be like, okay, we're not we're this isn't gonna happen. Yeah, burn dog, that's just 
so unflattering. It's really bad. But okay, it's a you play know, on her name, but and I mean, I I just my thing is I just feel bad for Hannah that she's the same age as me. Me and Hannah are the same age. And she's going through this. Mm-hmm. I learned this lesson at 25. That's also another thing too, is I, I'm surprised that this girl is learning this lesson this now. Late. Although I think she mentioned this before that she's been in emotionally, mentally abusive relationships before. So this might be a symptom of that. And so have I. <laughs> I so have I, but you live and you learn. You live, you learn. Um, Eliana's more set. You live and you learn and you move forward and you move on. Because if no, if no, if nothing else, but for your own sanity, your own sake. Yeah. Love yourself. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay. What? Let's keep talking about other people in this house because we cannot just talk about Hannah, Luke, and Ciara, even though that's going to be the whole. But that was the big, that was the big thing. That was the the big thing. I love Carl. I love that Carl is being more sober. He's got in control of his drinking. I love seeing Sharon. I'm a big fan of Sharon and I'm so happy she found a new love because we've seen the whole thing play out where she's divorced. It's really affected Carl. It's really affected her. She's found the love of her life now. I, I'm i going to give Carl the benefit of the doubt. Yes. You had an issue. Yes. I'm sorry. But if my mother was getting remarried... I would do whatever I needed to do to be there. I understand. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because of COVID and the pandemic. And maybe there was some sort of restriction that he couldn't get past something contractually, maybe that he couldn't get through. Even even that though, I would have told summer house, listen, I want to be part of the season. I really ask that you let me wait until after my mom's wedding. It's she's getting remarried. It's a big deal. She's my mother. Mm -hmm. I need to be there for her. Although I understand the relationship is complicated. I mean, you know, it, it's different for everybody. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I thought that was fucking re- weird. I would be there at my mom's wedding no matter what. I would I would risk my own health and I would get there, you know, plane, train or automobile. I would make sure that I was front and center in the pew. And that's most people, I believe. And I don't, <laughs> and I don't think he didn't want to be there. I do think it was a situation with I'm, testing, travel, yep. X, Y, Z. They probably had to limit the number of people who could go to the church. And it was probably a like wedding party, close family, which he probably would have been a part of. But He's her son. Okay, I know. I'm just making excuses I know for you Carl. love him. I know you love Hawk We Carl. had a moment. Oh, my God. We've had moments. Well, then maybe you should have gone. I would have gone in his place and I would have, I would have, but again, I would I'm have gotten get... down on one knee and said, Carl, there's something I got to tell oh, you. Lord have mercy. I will not call you Carl dog anymore. You are gorgeous to me. Oh Jesus. I will give him the benefit of the doubt. And yes, it was very good. I love that they all dressed up and did their it own was cute adorable. thing for her and for them. That was great. Speaking of weddings, Amanda and Cal are definitely going to have to postpone their wedding again. The June 18th date and her... June 18th, 2021. Yes. Because you have to think this was recorded last summer. Yeah, in July. Yeah. So when they were like, oh, is the June 18th, is the population going to be vaccinated at this point? To have the wedding that they want to have, they're going to have to wait. I don't know, though, because... Do you think? I think most of their... I mean, I think they're going to pare down the guest list. I think that they're going to have mostly young people uh, at their wedding, most of whom will be probably about to get vaccinated if not already vaccinated by that point or they'll be they've already probably already gotten it and have the antibody like i think that they have a group of people that are not highly susceptible i don't see a lot of old people coming to this wedding but 
if, even if they did though, all of those old people probably would be vaccinated by that point. So That's I don't know. True. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to, you know, put out some good energy and hope that Mr. Biden is doing what he can to get this done. <laughs> and hopefully, cause I'm supposed to go to a wedding at the end of June myself. And I hope is it, is it Kyle and Amanda's? <laughs> no, kidding, it's I'm in the Hamptons though. Uh, so I hope that I, I have, I have, I have good hopes and I, I think that they're going to be okay. Well, let's see. I'm really hoping. I mean, I'm sorry, but if fucking Cynthia and Kelly Dodd and all these motherfuckers can have their weddings. Kyle and Amanda can have theirs too. Yes. Okay. Speaking of people who should not be getting married, Lindsay and Steven need to break up yesterday. This relationship is so toxic to the point where Lindsay is reading too much into this whole Steven working, Steven asking her for a drink, Steven asking her for a sandwich. And I, and I say this with love because I do love Lindsay. She's fantastic. I think she's hilarious and fun, but I do think she is focusing in on the bad. And if my partner was working, yeah, he works in the hospitality business. Yeah, it's closed, but I feel like you're going to have to be working double time to make sure that that company stays afloat and that everything's going well and let him do the work. He's going to the party for a bit. He's spending time with you. He's in a house with you for 24 seven for what? Three months. Mm -hmm. He can go and work and have his moments away. I need a breath from people sometime too. It's like, I need my hour. I need my half a day to mm -hmm. get away and just breathe and do my own thing. If I ask you to make me a sandwich, it's not like, Oh, I'm not going to do one for you. It's like, can you just do me this favor? I'm busy or like I'm tired and making a drink. It's just all, it just makes me really upset because I feel like Lindsay is expecting a lot of this man. And I know, I'm not saying that he's, I don't know the whole story and I don't know if he's just like this and maybe she's fed up with it at this point, but she can just give the guy a break. I think you're right. I worry about Lindsay. I think in past seasons, she's really, really puts a lot. Uh, she puts a lot on, on people that she's in relationships with, not just romantic, but friendships as well. She really, demands and commands your time and attention and respect. I think that she needs to work that out with someone, a professional, <laughs> because I think that she needs to understand, like he's not like hanging out with the boys and not paying attention to you. He's legitimately working and you got to give everyone a, a lot more grace during these times, working at home, working remotely under these really weird circumstances in industries that are really pivoting and changing everything day to day on a dime, you have to have more grace. And if I think that he's just, and he's just being honest, I'm working, I'm working. And I understand being a little ticked off about, can you make me a sandwich being like, Oh, but that's her opportunity to be like, Hey babe, can you not talk to me like that? Like I'm, I'm, I just, I'm a little annoyed that you're not able to hang out and I get it cause you're working, but you can make your own fucking sandwich or like ask me nicely. So that's oh, my, yes, that's, my that. that's my, that's my, thing for Lindsay. I'll give her that, but she's got to give her Steven some more grace. And you're right. Maybe this is how it's been the entire quarantine. And she thought maybe that in the summer house, it would get better. It would change a little bit and it hasn't. And so she's reacting. So maybe I, I'm sure we'll find out more. Well, we will see. I also just want to end and say, I think what Amanda did for Kyle for his birthday was adorable. So cute. I loved the dinner thing. I thought it was so fun, so thoughtful yep. and included everyone in the house to make it a special moment. And she really loves him. You can tell she's loved him from day one. He's the one that she's, he, she's really had to work on to make sure that he loved her. Yeah. Well, he's he's always loved her. I think I, he no, just he's a just little a bit product of, of the toxic masculinity culture and he just has a hard time committing, you know, that's TMC. That you love to talk about <laughs> it's it. The, it's the textbook. 
I'm very happy for them. And I thought that was very cute. I love that the entire house pitched in and I, you know, I, I think that this, you know, happiness between them will be short lived. I think they'll get into a fight soon, but it was very cute to see them in love. Oh, they're definitely going to get into a fight multiple this season. Cabin because... fever is going to just slap them all <sighs> silly very soon. I can't wait. All right, let's move to somewhere else that's having cabin fever, and that is Atlanta. This this trip, this bachelorette party hosted by Cynthia, not hosted by Cynthia, hosted by Kenya for Cynthia. I mean, even, even saying that Kenya's the host is being too kind. It's being very kind. Everyone has a problem with Kenya at this point, every single person in this house. And I like how it was addressed mm-hmm. head on. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like Kenya's reactions. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've given her a lot of leeway on this podcast and I'm putting my foot down and saying, no, Kenya, you have to, as the host, you have to be understanding to the group. And first of all, the kids situation, we saw this happen on Potomac. We've seen this happen on other housewife shows. If you're hosting the party and want to bring your kid, you open up the opportunity to everyone to bring their kid. Yes. Because it's not like you're missing your kid any more than Candy's missing her kids or Portia's missing her daughter or anyone's missing anything. If you are bringing a baby, everyone else has the opportunity to bring a baby too. And I thought Candy also put in a great point by saying, oh, you have enough money to get a private plane, but you don't have enough money to relieve a nanny yep. with another nanny. Yep. If you if you want to walk the walk, if you want to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. You better have it all planned out and real because it's not I'm going to spend lavishly on this but only skimp out on this I'm going to get food for myself but everyone else has to eat out of the fridge it's so selfish yep and so rude to be not even a host just to be someone who's like oh you can come with me on this thing and it's gonna be for Cynthia if you're gonna be the host there can't be any double standards I love that Candy said that multiple times Mm -hmm. the kids the food the sleeping arrangements how you treat everyone has to be the same I love that Drew brought it up at the dinner table and and multiple times tried to be like, listen, I don't want to fight. I don't want to yell. I don't like the fake duplicitous nature of this trip where we're mad at you one minute and then we're cool with you the next. It doesn't fly with me. I just want us all to be real with each other. And if you had just been honest and open with us from the beginning, you say that you want us to be your girlfriends, but if you're not honest with us from the beginning saying, listen, I've got this going on with Mark. I've got this going on with my kid. I need help hosting or I can't host. Like I'll, if if Kenya just made the arrangements in terms of where they were staying and then said, Candy, you take over. Toya, you take over. Take over all of the food, all of the, you know, the machinations of what we do. Because when we're there, I may have to deal with my daughter. A hundred percent. That's the best way to do it. Communication is key. And if Kenya had just been communicative, this would have been all a non-issue water under the bridge. Nothing would have gone wrong. And I, I was with Portia. I was like, I'm going to be on my phone and not listen to this because I've tried to be kind and tried to, you know, keep a even keel and not get upset with Kenya and not go off the rails. But I, the same bullshit keeps getting said over and over and over. And Kenya's doesn't ever apologize. She just goes, Oh, well this is what it is. And you all need to sack up for me even though I will never do any of this for you. Maleficent, as Portia said. <gasps> I loved it, especially with the Cruella DeVille uh, trailer coming out this week. I You sent that to me, and I was flipping out over it. If you haven't seen it, y'all, the Cruella DeVille, or the Cruella, just one word, Cruella trailer with Emma Stone came out this week. It looks amazing. So That's pulling Disney into this. Highly LOL. recommend that you watch. But Kenya needs to learn, and I said this before, I understand that Kenya doesn't feel, she doesn't feel like she has a village. 
And that's sort of her fault. Yes. I understand yes. not feeling supported or loved by your husband and he's making your life difficult and he's making this tension between you and him and your child. I understand all that. But if you treated the women with more kindness and respect and you communicated more, they would have all been there for you. Even Marlo, I think, would have stepped, stepped up. up and been there for you. All of the women could have brought their babies, you know? All of the women could have pitched in like, hey, I'll take care of the food this day. I'll take care of the food this day. I'll do, you know, all of this, that, and the other thing. I'll set up the dungeon bachelorette party this night. Which I'm so excited I for. cannot wait. Bolo! Seeing Bolo in that box. Wow. I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like thrilled. Can't wait. Anyway, I think that Kenya needs to learn to open up and needs to learn to speak up. And 100%. If she, and if she doesn't and she can't, then she can't expect to have girlfriends that are going to be there for her. No. I think you hit it on the head. I think... I think that's the crux of the whole situation is Kenya's expecting so much and she's not giving anything in return and you can't take and not give and expect the results to be good because at the end of the day, people are going to get fed up with you just being a greedy, selfish, little maleficent. (laughs) And that's just the way it rolls. Yeah. And that was basically the crux of the whole episode. It all revolved around Kenya not being able to, you know, be there and be a good host. I always do love, I got to say, when... Atlanta brings in the real world issues and real world topics of the time. I loved that we had seen Portia deal with getting, going to prison Mm -hmm. because of the Breonna Taylor protests and her being a part of that amazingly. Then them sitting down and having this conversation about the verdict, Mm -hmm. watching it on TV, everyone coming in and and showing that this is not just something that's in their head, not something that Porsche is just doing for a photo shoot. Like Kenya said, this is something that affects their lives to where they're stopping their drunk workout, their (laughs) party day to have a conversation and to discuss the issue at hand and the issues of the world. And I absolutely love it i love that bravo's giving it that attention i love that these women are giving it the attention that it needs and that these conversations are being had on tv because and it's that's needed. what's missing from not to go back to dallas but that is exactly what's missing from dallas in salt lake you're dealing with the intricacies of the mormon community and being women who are trying to succeed in a world dominated by uh white men in the mormon community in potomac uh you're dealing with domestic violence and you're dealing with assault and you're dealing with fallout from that putting like, and, and the seriousness of putting your hands on someone and how your words also make a very violent disastrous effect. You're in Beverly Hills. You're talking about animal <laughs> rights issues and returning a dog. Okay. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But you know what I'm saying? It's like in every franchise we're, we're, and I, and I can't wait for Mary to medicine to come back because I need there. If it's going to be a reality TV show, I need to feel like you're not living in a bubble. Or if you are, we talk about how you live in a bubble. I just want there to be more roots in real life, what's going on in the real world. And because it's more relatable. And it makes the Dallas bullshit seem so petty and ridiculous. I, uh, yeah. So I, I was really great. I was really glad that they brought up Breonna Taylor stuff. And I hope that they continue to bring it up. I have to say... I'm an auntie because I would have been making myself yep. a Ziploc bag. I literally thought of you when Cynthia was putting shit into a baggie, making sure she's getting the skin, all the good meats, that dark meat. You know, I love it. They got to put it right in the bag and here we go. Yeah. You're an auntie. I am such an auntie. 
but I'm very excited for next week because next week we finally get Candy's Dungeon. I love that she got everyone outfits so that everyone is dressed correctly for the occasion. But that's what a host does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the difference. Candy was ready to be a host and ready to provide. And I can't wait. I I don't know if y'all have seen the trailer or like the teaser that's been floating around for next episode where they take down the cameras and they tell production to leave. But this is going to get... So juicy and so good. Do we want to predict? Because I we we there's been speculation and we've heard grumblings. Do we want to maybe predict who we think ends up in the basement? So with Bolo. So yes. So there was a conversation that is said in this preview where it's Portia asking Toya if she wants to come downstairs to if you see Amy and <laughs> someone's saying like, "Are you a full bisexual bitch?" Now there's some comments. And I think she says that because her and Toya are the only single ones in the house. I clocked that this episode where they mentioned that again, that they were the two single girls. I, so I do think it's going to be the two of them. I don't. Oh, you don't. I think there is a real reason why Tanya left the production and the show. Cause we know that when this comes out, she basically is like, I don't want to film anymore because this is going to hurt me. I think that it's Tanya and Portia because we know Tanya's a freak. I, Yes. Agreed. But is it because Tanya is just not going to be slandered? You know? Yeah. Is it Kenya? Because I, I, I just have a feeling that Kenya says and starts spreading the news that it's Tanya that was down there. And Tanya's like, you're not going to do this to me. And the show's not worth it. I um, That might be me just see, really trying to root for Tanya, though. Because I just don't want her to be hey. caught in a bad situation. I mean, I... Hell, I don't think it's a bad situation. I don't think it's a bad situation. I think it's fucking fabulous. But I see, because she's, you know, she and her life partner, as she said, uh, have worked really hard to build their relationship. It makes the most sense that Toya and Portia are down there. Maybe Toya and Portia are down there and Tanya's just there to watch, which I'm all about. Props to them. We'll find out, though. We will find out. Okay, let's, should we do Salt Lake and then end with Jersey? Yeah. Oh, you must. Okay, I'll stop saying that. We. I've been saying it since we got Jersey Mike's. Well, so what you should do is if you want to get a Jersey accent, start watching TV shows or, well, not this one. Well, actually, yeah, start listening to, so there's a thing called a kinesthetic trigger where you listen to something and it sends signals from your brain to your like aural your oral like messaging or whatever. I don't know if I'm using the right terminology, but it sends, you know, cues to your mouth to make the right shapes, to make the right sounds. Like my Kadamai, here we are in Australia. So, like I could do that one yeah, pretty decent. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, and I can't do that one unless I listen to a lot of Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman having Keith a chat. I, I have a really hard time. <laughs> Keith Urban. See, Keith I can't do it. Keith but Urban. I have to, I have to listen to them talk quite a bit and repeat what they say to get the sounds in my mouth correct and all that stuff. So watch some, maybe I should just really deep dive on Jersey and or just the repeat Sopranos, the word. I mean, the Sopranos is in Jersey, right? Or New York. I never watched it, but watch. I, I said Sopranos earlier and I am not entirely sure if that was right. correct. I think, or, you know what? You got to watch some TV shows that have some authentic Jersey accents in them to get it going for yourself. And then we'll look into a dialect coach for you. Cause if we're going to continue to do this, we got to get, I got to get it right. But yeah, let's start with, We'll leave that for the end since okay. it's the new it's the new episode and we'll just do part two of the Salt Lake reunion. Okay, okay, okay. So this I felt was all about Mary and then Heather and 
Lisa, which altogether was a fantastic episode. So with Mary, first of all, the hospital smell thing. Okay. What? So Jen wasn't at the hospital, but she smelled hospital. And then, I'm sorry, but Mary getting all of her odor glands removed and then Heather being like, well, I want to capitalize on that. Can that make sure you never have BO again? That was wild. That I was like, Heather, I was like, I love you, Heather, but not, not now. Not now is not the time. I thought that Jen said multiple times, I just come back from the hospital and you said like, and you knew that and you said it. Like, I thought that was the, and I love when Andy's like, oh, well that's the headline. Yes. The whole, this whole time we thought that you had just come from the hospital and that's why you were upset because you thought that Mary was making a comment about you. But then we find out that she was at the hospital the day before. So she's like, there's no way it could have smelled like hospital. But it's it's just a very confusing thing. I am glad that this conversation's over. Me but too. I am glad that it was addressed. The hospital smell in Mary. But I think this Mary and Jen thing goes so much further. And, they, and it goes into, and this is what we're going to talk about next, it goes into race, which I think was really the crux of the issue for both of them. And I'm glad it was clarified because Jen is still, was still hung up about the comments about 7-Eleven. Well, and I think part of me feels like Jen twisted Mary's words on purpose to throw something back at her at the Met Gala lunch because she felt put into a corner. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing at Met Gala lunch because it had nothing to do with no, the No, I didn't, Gala. but just, it's just the best point of reference for everyone at home because that's what Mary called it. But Mary made two different points that she gets uncomfortable when she sees grown men loitering outside of 7-Eleven. And then she made, in a whole nother conversation, made a comment that she found, like, just in terms of attractiveness and physical, like, you know, interest, when it came to black men, she just preferred lighter-skinned men than dark-skinned men. And while that may be some sort of issue in the black community that maybe you and I are not aware of, Mary's intentions were not to be racist. It was just two separate comments that she made that Jen took put them kind of in a blender and then threw back at her at the lunch. And I thought that I was glad that Mary defended herself and said, no, I love black people. I love all my people. I'm proud of my heritage. I think that Jen just used that to get back at me because she is upset with me. Cause I am a trigger for her. When my name comes up, she freaks the fuck out, which is absolutely true. We've seen it multiple times. A hundred percent. And I feel like this Jen and Mary thing is really going to travel into next season because I do feel like both of the, I feel like Jen has something out for Mary. I feel like Jen has something out for a lot of people in this cast. Yeah. I'm being hundred percent honest, but this Mary and Jen thing, it's not going to end here. It's just going to get bigger and bigger. And Jen, I'm sorry, but Jen trying to deny that she is runs her mouth and does stuff on social media is insane to we, me. We, we've all, seen it like we all can see it and we all get google alerts when it happens and all the wives show the receipts yeah it's like jen the internet is forever i learned that at like 11 years old when i snuck trying to get a facebook and i might well i was actually like 13 when i snuck trying to get a facebook into myspace i got in a lot of trouble <laughs> but internet's forever the, one screenshot and from someone out in the universe and it's saved forever and even even then, it's in the cloud. Even if you delete, like even if you delete it, y'all, it's gonna be out there forever. So you better be careful. And I think Jen is just again in a corner and doesn't know really what to do about it. I love that Mary though came prepared with answers and came prepared to defend herself. And Mary, I like that Mary was the first one to be like, "Listen, I was mad and I was, you know, hurt, and that's why 
I've not been very warm and that's why I've been unforgiving and that's why we've had this beef. Finally, Jen said, yeah, I screamed about you and your husband and made those horrible comments because I was mad. So they eventually got to a place of reconciliation, but I don't think that they're going to be friends. It's not going to stay. They're going to be a rivalry that that lasts for seasons to come and I'm, I'm thrilled for it. I'm here for it. Speaking of rivalries, I can't say that word. It's really hard. Well, first... <laughs> Rival rivalries rivalries. Well, first I want to talk about the Jen being scary and people being scared of Jen, because I think this kind of leads into our next rivalry, which is Heather and Lisa, yep. which is how this sto- this kind of blows up a little bit more because Lisa's coming after Whitney. And then Heather, of course, jumps to the defense of Whitney, who is her cousin, but they didn't know they were cousins until they became friends. I mean, if that isn't more Utah in a second, like <laughs> honestly, it's like the genealogy. Now we know, but Jen, I liked that Lisa and Meredith, it was clarified that they were scared of Jen's reaction. They weren't scared of Jen, which yes. makes total sense yes. because I would be scared of Jen's reaction as well. I'm not scared of people for the most part, but I would be scared of someone's reaction and knowing that they are going to pop off at any moment and be like, okay, I am just scared to have a conversation with you or I'm scared to bring this up because you're going to go crazy. You're going to scream at me. You're going to fight. You're going to talk behind my back. You're going to be this demon monster. Yep. And so that's fair. I agree. And one more thing before we get to Lisa and Heather about Mary. I appreciated that Mary, first of all, you know, 18 year age difference is is a lot. It's, it's, it's a sizable difference. But the fact that it's the same as Whitney and her husband, I thought was interesting. I, for some reason, thought that Mary and Robert Sr. were like 30 years apart. See, and I think that's the that was the issue. And it's like an Erica Girardi situation. Because, yeah, because we hear the word grandpa and we immediately think, oh, it's her. It's the age of her mother's father. Yes. But it could just be a grandfather through marriage, which is what it was. And they were only 18 years apart. Still fucking weird. I but mean, Mary's grandmother was a kook. Like, we get it. Yes. She wanted that young, young blood, that young stallion. But it, oh my God. It also, <laughs> it also, it clarified for me that I think Mary, her family is, is sort of dark. And her, her genealogy and and the lineage and the building of the empire that her grandmother kind of started. I think that Mary's suffering the consequences and the decisions of her of her of her elders. And to hear her clarify her inheritance, the church, and how her and Robert Sr. actually got paired up together, that it was God's will, not exactly the will of her grandmother, like the literal will of her grandmother written down in like legal you know, ink again, it's, it's very bizarre and it's peculiar, but Mary defending herself and explaining that things are not, you know, are a little, you know, they're, they're strange. They're, they're, they're peculiar. They're not the norm, but they are what they are. And it's, there's nothing, you know, malicious or, or sinister going on. It's just the nature of how things were. And me and Robert senior are in love and our marriage is good. And I just don't like any implication that we don't have a good marriage. Well, I have to, I'm going to just uh, scrape the brakes on that for a quick second. Okay. Because I got something to say. Okay. I do not think Mary's happy in this relationship whatsoever. I think the reason she was so emotional and crying when talking to Andy is because she's like, I can't say what I need to say. The fact that they sleep in different rooms. I mean, I'm sorry. I understand when you get older, like the physicality of the relationship means less. And it's more about like being with that person that you love, sure. and like having that connection, whatever. But I thought I heard her say, you can't be married for 22 years and be happy. 
And then she kept saying, like, marriage is so hard. It's so tragic. It's so... So like, I think what she like, meant was you can't be married for 22 years and be happy all the time is what I think that she meant. And I think that she got emotional because I think that she's worked really hard to make the best of a, of a very strange, weird, bad situation. Okay. And they're in a good... Like, they're they're good considering the, the, considering the hand she was dealt and how she felt by both her family and by God that she was meant to do this and, and, and serve the world in this way. I think that she feels that she's made the best of a bad situation. And it, it's just, I think she's just tired. And again, yeah. like, I, I think not, she was I'm, sleeping at the lunch break. I mean, so. I'm not, and I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying it, it's right. And I'm not saying like it's, it's normal and whatever, but I, I, I feel for Mary because I don't think that these were all her choices. And I don't think that she had free will in this particular family and in this particular journey in her life i think that okay. she's sort of the victim of her circumstances a little bit and she's just tried to make the best of it okay i'll give you that i just was Who like knows? maybe next season should we find out she's a fucking demon and and i will retract everything i've said but i it was nice to see her clarify and put things in perspective for all of us so that we understand her better I do appreciate that too. Like you said earlier when we were talking, she has an answer for everything. She is, she came prepared and it doesn't seem like she's scrambling for answers. She's like, Oh no, it's actually was this. Like the comment that was pulled off that audio was actually me talking about this particular thing in the Bible. And yes, it may not be colorful or it may be colorful and maybe a little off kilter and may not be palatable for some people. But what I was saying was me and my congregation are all of these people. And you know, this is what we should be, should be doing again. Not my church. But also I like that she clarified my church is not that big. It's, it's solid, but it's not very big. And I, they, these people don't have, even if I did take all their money, it's not nearly enough to live the lifestyle that I live. Like my grandmother had all these businesses that have nothing to do with the church that keep me very comfortable. And Robert senior is a saver. So I mean, a saver, not a savior, a saver. So I think <laughs> thanks for the clarification. Well, hey, I just want to make sure people, I don't think, you know, Robert senior seems very nice, but he's not a deity, you know? So <laughs> a deity. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's think of someone who thinks they're a deity, and that's Lisa Barlow. Who? Okay, by the way, before we get into Lisa and Heather, okay. I like them both. And I know that might be, like, sketchy for some people, and it might rub people the wrong way. Meaning you like Lisa and Heather both? Yes. Okay. I understand Lisa, and I understand Heather. I feel bad for Lisa, and I'm going to... I'm. If you can tell, I'm choosing my words very carefully because I, I want to make it. sure. Go for it. Take your time. I, I feel you. I feel bad for Lisa because I do feel like Lisa, in some aspect, is trying to keep this group together. She's trying to defend the underdog of what she believes to be Jen. But I also understand Heather, and you'll explain this, I think, a lot better than I can, being upset at Lisa for basically playing both sides of the situation at any chance that she can get and kind of maybe using Jen as a scapegoat for her actions and for her behavior and for her persona, if that makes sense. But I also do feel bad for Lisa and it really made me, when we'll get into this, when she like went backstage, I was, I, I feel for her. Yeah. And I do feel like she is kind of getting a bad rap and it's just kind of, you know, when you have that personality, you're so type A. It's hard to come off as like cherry bubbly BFF all the time. Sure. Okay. So, Lisa, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've come to like her more as mm -hmm. the season has gone on. I really didn't like her from the very beginning, but from Vegas onward, there have been moments where I've really come to you like her. I think this all goes back to this, the Mormon church's ideology about the pursuit of perfection. 
And it was also interesting to me that they brought up that Lisa, it sounds like Lisa had a big hand in putting the cast together. Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense Which is a reflection on Lisa. I think Lisa thinks that that's a reflection on her, this show and putting all this together. I think Lisa treats this show just like she treats her businesses. Her businesses. Yeah. I think that all of this, it, it is who she is. It's not about her being, I think she thinks that being a good wife and a good mother is a given for her. It doesn't need to be proven. I think being a businesswoman and being a badass and being a Warren Buffett in the making, I think that she, it means a lot to her what people say and think about her and her brands and her businesses and, and her being a powerhouse in this way. Okay. And so I think that that's where all this is coming from is I think that coupled with being a perfect idyllic Mormon whose body and mind is pure. I think that's where all of her insecurities and all of her ticks come from. So in that respect, I understand where she's coming from in terms of being defensive. However, I think that's a big part of why maybe, and maybe she's not conscious of it. And I think it would be better if Whitney and, and Heather handled her a little differently to make her see this. But to me, and I think to America, it seemed clear that if you're not, I'm perfect Mormon with a, as a perfect wife, perfect mother, perfect businesswoman, And it hasn't been perfect and cookie cutter your whole life. Lisa looks down on you and mm-hmm. Lisa thinks that you are less than. And I think that that's what Heather and Whitney have felt. Whitney and Heather on Lisa's terms, bad weather. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that. Whitney and Heather, bad weather, a tornado coming in and fucking shit up. I thought that was very, very clever. But I think that whether it's conscious or not, Lisa sees Heather and her failed marriage as less than as less than and Whitney and her failed marriage and her remarrying and how that all shook out and how they don't, they're kind of exiled from the Mormon church and the community. I think that Lisa treats them as such. I think that she sees Meredith as a similar equal because Meredith is trying to be a businesswoman and Meredith is very chic and very fabulous. Like, uh, and is it Mormon? And no, Meredith is Jewish. Yeah, exactly. So Meredith, Lisa doesn't hold Meredith to the Mormon standard because she never identified as being Mormon. And then you have Jen is very, very successful and not Mormon. And you have Mary, not Mormon, and is also very successful and a little scary. So I think that Lisa wants to be seen with only the best of the best, the upper echelon of society. And because she doesn't see Heather and Whitney in that way, she treats them differently and Whitney and Heather I think although again they could cool it and try to find a different way to talk to Lisa I think they're just fucking pissed and fucking tired of being talked down to and ridiculed and passive aggressively you know dismissed but I also think and this is where I'm going to come back to it I think that that's Lisa putting a lot of the her community and her culture and the Mormon life on her shoulders and being integrated and so in that that she's maybe subconsciously doing it and that's also Heather and Whitney not really really being able to remove Lisa from the the Mormon church as a whole and realizing you are the oppressor of me you are this person you are everything that I hate and I think that's where a lot of maybe the the drama is Lisa, coming from. Uh, yes, I think she Lisa represents it all. Yes, Lisa does represent like all of the people that look down on Whitney and Heather for the choices that they've made going against what the Mormon ideals are. And I, I like, agree. And I liked Lisa trying to make that connection with Heather and be like, you know, you have all these 
defected Mormons. I don't know if that's the right term, but the Mormons who are no longer with the church, marginalized, Mormons. marginalized Mormons yeah. coming back and reaching out to you on social media. And they're reaching out to me too, because you know, I'm, I have the brand, I have this and we have this. I'm not as perfect as I appear, but then Heather comes back. And she's like, no, but that's the image that you're portraying. So I feel like if Lisa can understand this kind of image she's portraying, rework it a bit and really try to make that connection, it will work. But I also don't like Lisa saying, I didn't know you before this. I, yeah, I casted you on the show. We were kind of friends. Exactly. But I don't know you, but I know you because that's her saying, I don't know you as a person, but I know you as this ex-Mormon kind of situation. Well, and Meredith even said it too when, when they were on break and, and Lisa and Heather kept going at it. Meredith said, I think that you both are not hearing each other. And I both think you're unwilling to hear each other. And I think you both just want to be right. And you want to dog the other person. So you're never going to get anywhere. And it's exhausting, you know, and Meredith, where the fuck was she this episode? No, truly Meredith. I love her, but she took a back seat. And, and then comes she- in out of nowhere. And she's like, one second, <laughs> if anyone talks about my family, you're not my friend. And I'm like, okay, that was part one. Yeah. You're a little bit behind. We already addressed that. A little delay. But I also agree with Heather. Again, I think Heather and Whitney are so angry at this point with the Mormon church and with Lisa. And Lisa is a sort of a representation of all that. And Lisa has had her part in diminishing and dismissing the two of them. I think they're so angry at this point that Heather's like, I'm right. And I'm stepping into my power. And I have a bunch of people behind me, including Rihanna. So I'm not going to deal with you, which I don't know if that's the right position to take and I don't think that that's where Heather really and I think Lisa's right Andy Cohen can't be your therapist you need to find a real therapist and get some work done which we know she has a therapist on call at beauty lab yeah for her workers which I thought that was very cool which I think if we did more Mormon stories recently we watched more of it if you guys have not watched it we must 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 but I do think that Heather really needs to take a look at herself as well because I do feel like all of this is coming together and no one's going to be heard unless everyone really takes a strong, hard look at their self and realizes that they're all wrong in some sense. Yes. Because I do love Heather, but Heather also is, I mean, she says it's a defense mechanism coming back at Lisa, but I, I do feel bad for Lisa because I, I feel like Lisa's trying and she's backed against the wall. Then you have Heather who's trying and she's backed against the wall. So both their ugliest sides are coming out in this reunion and it's really making me upset. And yeah. I, I I wanted to cry with Lisa. She's like, these aren't these aren't what friends are. And we see this every housewife. Like, these girls are my friends. This is, I don't have any friends like this. No one. Well, Lisa's the kind of person I think when she doesn't have control, when she feels yes. like she's losing yes. control, that's, this is how she reacts and how she gets flustered. And I think Heather and what Whitney, I think, what Whitney, again, I said this before, what Whitney and Heather have said about Lisa on the show, I think has been very fair. Mm. And Lisa, I think, is just... Much in the same way that Whitney and Heather are probably projecting and taking out their frustrations with how the Mormons have treated them post leaving the church out on Lisa, even though Lisa has done some things. I think that Lisa also is taking out her anger on the world that's come after her for being the way she's been. I think she's taking it out on on Whitney and, and Heather as well. If I have to pick sides... With a gun to my head, I, 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 Heather Gay is, is my girl. Yeah. I mean, but I feel, I do feel for Lisa and I do, I, I'm starting to understand. I just, I, before the end of the part three, I hope that there is some sort of reconciliation. I hope there's some sort of resolution reconciliation between these two, because I do think together they would be a great 
power duo on the show. I do think Heather and Lisa have the opportunity to become great friends and really understand each other and help each other grow. You know, Lisa as a Mormon, Heather as a Mormon still as well, but not, you know, a marginalized Mormon at this point because of everything that's happened in her life. I feel like them together can really help each other see both sides mm-hmm. and really grow and become their best selves. And the only other thing I will say, though, is I do agree with Heather that Lisa has to come down on Jen more about her behavior, specifically about coming after Brooks and coming after Meredith's family. If she says she's so close with Meredith, you got to be like, Jen, that's not cool at all. And I can't, I'm not going to pretend that that's okay. And also Jen is not seeing herself as the underdog and the, the and the victim, but Lisa is, and Lisa's defending this person for no reason. As no, well. again, I think that that's, that goes back to, I'm a, in my head, I'm a producer of this show and I need to make sure all these ladies are like at least good to go. Yeah. Roll the footage, roll the roll, footage. I, I know think she truly is. Like I'm the director of the show. Yeah. This is real housewives of Salt Lake city presented by Vita tequila. Yeah. So I, and I love her for it. Me too. I, I think, I think if we keep this cast for next season, don't make oh, any Oh, I hope changes. they don't change a thing. I think we'll be good. But we will see if Lisa returns as she is like, okay, they can go on without me. She'll be back. Yeah. But it was great to have a walk off on season one reunion episode two. They are, they're just the best. Such a good season. Let's talk about another season that's going to be fantastic, and that is New Jersey. I said it right this time just so that you wouldn't yell at me because I really just want to get into you. the drama you. of it all. Everyone looked fantastic, and I really loved how we just we, we jumped right in. We're going to go started. We're going to go straight to a party. We'll check in with the girls like for 30 seconds, and we're going to go straight to a party. Well, it started with the teaser of the fight and then does the three days earlier, which I always love. A good rewind is always a good sign. And what makes me really happy is that it's a rewind from the same episode. It's not three episodes, no. four episodes down. Because Vanderpump Rules has done that. Other people have done that. Potomac like, has done that. I got to wait four or five episodes for the drama to happen. No, this drama is happening now. Yeah. First of all, this party was great. I think Jackie really stepped to pussy up after the pizza party debacle with Jen last year. And I loved the details of just getting an umbrella on a rainy evening when you walked out of your car to get to the tented area. Also, those tequila shots were not shots. Those were full glasses. Those were shooters. No wonder they were all wasted out of their Wasted mind. face. Because I was dying at those tequila shots. And I'm doing air quotes. You can't see it. But those are not shots. That's like what I put into. Not That's more than I. That's like two margaritas for me. Yeah. But I was, you know, as long, you know, and it, I'm, I'm going to just assume that production was safe and that they were safe and that they all did everything, you know, COVID, you know, COVID approved. It was really nice to see them all get together. I'm sure that was a really big deal for all of them to connect and be around each other because they've all probably been in some sort of quarantine. And Jackie was right. You know, if anything has this time has taught us is that we need to savor the special moments with each other. And Jackie seemed real well until, you know, later. Jackie seemed really happy and she worked really hard to make this thing happen for Evan. Everyone looked great. Everyone seemed to be having a good time. And then fucking Teresa. Okay. Uh, I, uh, you, I, I'm a, you, you go first. I want to so say, I want to say something. We have seen a fall of the Titans across the board on the housewives franchise. Lisa Vanderpump is gone. Bethany Frankel is gone. Ramona, who is to be a fan favorite is now the devil incarnate. Nini is gone. Who else? I mean, Leanne. I mean, Vicky, Vicky, I think it's Teresa's turn turn as well. And we've always loved Teresa. Teresa has been on every season of Jersey. She is the centerpiece of the Jersey world. 
But like Jackie says at the end, how far do we let Teresa go? Truly, because at this party, she is just going around spreading, truly spreading the rumor. She's not just heard a rumor. She's spreading this rumor that Evan is going to the gym and screwing around behind Jackie's back. Oh, I don't know where I heard it from. You know, I can't remember things. This is fabricated. It just seems so sloppy. It's like, Teresa, you've been, you were an OG. You've been around for over 10 years now. This is sloppy, even for you. And given everything that Teresa's gone through with her husband and not only the legal battles, but the rumors that circulated about them for so long, I can't believe that. And, you know, and I thought she and Jackie resolved a lot of their issues before. Well, Jackie was only saying good things about Teresa in the beginning interviews and the beginning of the show she was all about Teresa right and Jackie never ever really talked shit about Teresa she just made a very good point I always thought that Jackie's point was great uh you know on Jackie's first season when she said I don't think we can control uh, our husbands as much as we wish we could like if you could have controlled Joe that thing would have wouldn't have happened with him going to jail because I believe that you could have controlled him but you can't because Joe is Joe and he's gonna do what he's gonna do and then Teresa took that to mean something else and that's where the bad seed between them was planted but that happened three, four years ago. And since then, so much has happened and they've resolved a lot of their issues. If anything, they've, they've only ever squabbled since then because of Melissa and Teresa's issues and Jackie coming to Melissa's defense. But after everything that everyone's ever said about you and Joe Dugice, how, how can you not see how it's exactly the same thing and you're being so brazen and blatant and, oh, it was, I, I, I felt like I was Marge just being like, what is happening I can't believe this is happening right now. This is so gross. I, it is very gross. And we are going to get into the Jackie and Teresa drama, but let's take a breather really quick. Cause we have a lot more we want to say, and let's talk about everything else. We need to talk about Marge's house. We need to talk about Dolores and David, and we need to talk about really quickly. Jen. Yes. Well, so God bless Marge and the fact that she's still renovating her house. That's all I'll say. I said her face looks great. She looks fantastic. She looks younger and better than she ever has. She, I, if I ever have to get work done, which we've had a conversation about, and I probably <laughs> won't be getting work done because I don't want to lose who I am inside. But if I, I did, I would, I would text Marge and be like, okay, Margaret, the, the, give me your doctor. The liquid lift or whatever she's done is nice. Her lips have calmed down. It, I, well done. Maybe she went to beauty lab. Is her house ever going to get finished or is it just going to be New York City? I mean, honestly, I bet she things are starting to pick up and then COVID happened. Oh, that makes sense. So I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. But this house is always under damn I feel construction. Like every, I feel like it's been under construction since she got on the show a couple years ago. It's going to be like, what was it? More Manor. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Uh, Debro, Debro. Oh, Heather Debro's yeah, house Heather as well, Dubrow. whatever that was. Oh, I miss Heather Debro. I know you miss. You're, you are a Heather in every every show. You are a Heather. Every franchise, wherever there's a Heather, there's a Matthew. I'm I don't you. even know who I am anymore. Did you clock? So when Michelle... That yes. new girl that kind of looks like Melissa Gorga. Did you clock when she walked in? They immediately, the editors are fucking good on the show and they don't do things if not deliberately. I I swear she walked in and they go, oh, this is my friend Michelle. And they pan directly to Joe Gorga and his face lit up. I know there's some drama in the preview. We see that she talks to Jen about one of the Joes, either Joe Gorga or Joe Judice, having scammed Michelle's husband out of money. I think it's going to be Judice. I mean, if I'm a betting man, I agree. But it just makes me nervous. I know there's also whispers about Melissa and Joe's marriage kind of being on the rocks this season a little bit in the preview. 
So I don't know if that was deliberate, but I, I clocked that and I just wanted to put it on the, the audio record here because if something happens, you heard it here Matthew first. Matthew heard it here first. Okay. Dolores and David. I hate David. I'm just going to be come out and what say it. What a prick. He's the worst. Dolores needs to drop his ass immediately. I'm sorry, Dolores, if you love him, but he's toxic. She built him a beautiful home. That kitchen, beautiful. Frank built the home. Like he said, <laughs> you designed it. I paid for it. And Frank built it. He just sat there the whole scene with Frank Jr. and Dolores on his phone. On his phone. Which I understand he's a doctor. But no, so dismissive of her. He doesn't seem to like her or any of the choices that she's making with her life whatsoever. Dolores, I think if you went to therapy and you forgave Frank Sr. for all of that the shit. That was a little Jersey. Forgave. I know, a little bit. And you forgave him for all of the shit that he supposedly did and you two worked it out, I think you would be so much happier with your best friend Frank than you are with this mummified corpse I want to call him Brian, but it's Why David. do you want to call him Brian? I don't know, but it was David. Do you have a thing against Brian? No, that just came into my head, but it's David. I Enough. Enough with David. It's been years now. We've tried so hard to get this to work. Dolores, you're better than that. You and your new ass, which is on its way, deserve better. Oh, it makes me sad when beautiful, capable women are stuck with losers who are just eating away their souls like David is. Mm. Uh, Jen, I just want to talk about Jen and her family. It seems like her and her mom are going to have more drama this season. I love drama between Jen and her mother because I feel like that relationship. The, clearly, the mother seems psycho. If everyone in the family is like the dad, she had to move her dad out of the house because they were fighting so much. I mean, that's so sad. I feel bad, but like, and this- I, I also think I think that her mother is so old fashioned and so old, uh, old world. Um, in her views and her perspective and in the way that she lived her life that she doesn't want to change. Yeah. She's very conservative in that way where she just what if something works for her, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if, and, and that's it, that's the, what I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to just do it, it this way because it's worked for me. And it, if it works for me, then it better work for everybody else. And I appreciate Jen who, by the way, looks fantastic. Yeah. She looks good. And she I'm, looks really I'm, good. I'm very hot and cold with Jen. I have been season to season, but I'm really liking her so far. And I, I'm really proud of her for taking care of her dad and trying to stand up for her dad and her family and trying to make it all work. Did you clock her dad, the Jen's husband, Bill saying something to Gabby about her, her food and eating and cooking? I, that was gross. It always bugs Gabby's me. beautiful and she needs to be loved and supported at this very delicate age and watch yourself, Bill. We all can't afford and nor should we want to suck the fat of ourselves like your wife, who, again, looks great. But your daughter needs love and support and encouragement and doesn't need to be told how to eat or how to look or how to be. It's not. It's gross. Well, we will see what happens with Jen's family as it progresses. But speaking of families, Teresa and Jackie. Let's just get to this. We yep. got it. We got to complete it. Go. I've seen people online saying this is the new Candace and Monique. And if you think this is the new Candace Monique, then you are blind because there's only one team to be and it is team Jackie. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm putting my foot down. Y'all can come for me, but Teresa is wrong in this situation. 1000%. I, I, first of all, it was brilliant of Jackie to be like, we need to be at Marge's house. Mm -hmm. We need a a neutral space. Switzerland. And even even Marge like running and being like, I can't believe she said this. I'm freaking out. I I love that. Marge Marge is my favorite, has always been my favorite in this. She's been such a great addition since she's been on. 
but Teresa needed a taste of her own medicine Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And yes, it was very harsh when Jackie said, you know, I've heard somewhere. I don't know where I heard it, but I heard around that Gia does coke. Jackie was on the moral high ground all the way until that moment. If Jackie had just said, what would you feel? How would you feel if I went around and I was one of those people back in the day spreading all this bullshit about you and your ex-husband? Or what if right now I went around and picked a random family member and said, they do drugs or they do this, they do that. How would you feel? But the thing is, Teresa would have not gotten that because we know how slow that woman is. Uh, you know, She needed it no. punched in the freaking face, right. put on a billboard in front of her eyes and said, hey, I'm saying this about your daughter. It's not true. You're right. And You're how right. mad are you going to be? I, I do feel bad just because I do love Gia. So I do know, I. I know you do too. And it's different if you're a Brooks Marks and you're gunning to be on the show and you're doing interviews and you're above the age of 18. I thought we were going to get through an episode without saying his I know, damn I'm sorry, name. but it's just to prove a good point that you are fair game in that, in that case. But if you're Gia and you're trying to, you know, go to school and have a life outside of this bullshit. I'm sure she wants to get as far away from all of this as possible. She's trying to be a lawyer to be pulled into it like that. I understand talking about kids is, is, is tough, but I completely agree with you that Teresa was never going to get it any other way. And what she did to Jackie and the way that she blatantly disgustingly tried to spread this rumor and act like, Oh, I'm just a, I'm just a messenger. Well, the messenger always gets shot and you're never going to learn Teresa unless someone comes at you the way that you come at other people. And Jackie 100%. was just serving her a taste of her own Robitussin. So. Oh, Robitussin. You really went specific with that medicine. Yeah, I all of a sudden just had the, you know, oh God, didn't you like, I, I, this has come up a lot actually in random pop culture that I've been hearing on podcasts, but were you, what, uh, did you ever do the liquid amoxicillin when you were a kid? Like the bubblegum flavored amoxicillin? Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I would sneak that shit. It was so good. Time. It was so good. Anyway, just uh, had to bring it Oh that my up. gosh. But that that's flicker, bringing back a lot of that memories. That flickered into my head and I, instead of amoxicillin, I said Robitussin. Hooked on the Robo. <laughs> i don't know i just uh oh, god bless you thank you yeah i take that as mary cosby god's will thanks for blessing me but this is great that jersey is is as fiery as it's always been they're coming right out of the gate with a huge fight you know if dallas is gonna stick to the petty bullshit they need to bring the heat like jersey yes yes yeah I am very excited for the rest of Jersey this season. Like I said before, I'm Team Jackie, and I'm sure so am I. things will only increase and get crazier as we move forward because Teresa, as we know, is not going to let this go lightly, especially no. with her language that she's walking out of that house, which I, I don't say see you next Tuesday usually because I've been called that a few times, but that's a personal thing because <laughs> I've got some Lisa Barlow tendencies. Oh, geez. But... Oh gosh, I'm just remembering it being in a car and just, you know, someone just said it straight to my face. I but was like, Why Teresa can't we be got friends? what she deserved. I hate to say it. And I, I unfortunately, Gio was a casualty, but you have your mother to blame, Gia, at the end of the day. Yeah. She, it's the fall of Teresa. I, I hate to say it, but I think this is going to be, this is going to show if Teresa. Teresa only gets villain. worse from here, then yeah, I don't, I don't know. But we, uh, yeah, but she always has that way of charming her way back into our hearts. She heart. does, even I mean, but the because gor- she's just dumb. I'm, I'm, I'm really nervous about the Gorgas, and I, the, it's not. Yeah. It seems like the resurgence of the Gorga Judice feud is gonna come up again. Uh, yeah, you put the reason that the mother's in the grave is because of Joe. Like, there's yikes, bikes, trikes. Like, whoa! Oh wow, that was a new one. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, loved Jersey. I'm so excited for this season. Loved all the Bravo that we have. Sadly, next week is our last Salt Lake. 
but Ma- good news. Married to Medicine. Comes. Married to Medicine is coming back. That, if that is not the perfect antidote for Salt Lake, I don't know what is. And I read somewhere one of the one of the editors or whatever on Married to Medicine said that they he edited one of the most important at television episodes of our time for Married to Medicine. Which oh I'm wow! Sure has to do with something either the march when they do the march on Washington or they deal with COVID. I'm sure maybe all of it wrapped into one. I if you guys are not on the Married to Medicine train, I know we've said this before. You need to get on it. It is better than it. it it's better than any Housewives franchise. I'm going to say it. I'm sorry. It is easily. They bring everything. They bring so many different layers and colors to the palette. You, you must catch up right now and watch. You will not. We are be, demanding. Well, and w- I trust us. It is just, you will be so thrilled that you did. And we'll be talking about it every week. So if you guys want to be in the loop, you better know. And also, if you want to be in the loop, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening. Whether that's sound, <laughs> well SoundCloud, done. Stitcher, Google Play Music, nice. iTunes, or Spotify. And follow us on social media. We're on Instagram. I've been so, I know I said this last week and I'm saying it again, but I've been really lacking on the Instagram posts. But it's been a busy couple weeks We're for me. We're doing the best we can in these troubled times. Every day. But make sure you follow us. It's at Hot and Bravo. That's at H-O-T-B-R-A-V-O-D. And we love ya. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye.